This is JFM Podcast. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Let's Talk on G11.9 FM in the city of Jaws. Your first dial on everything radio in the city of Jaws, and of course, North Central Nigeria. My name is Gilbert Joseph. Um, Richard, good morning. Richard Badun, welcome to the show. Yeah, good morning, Gilbert. Good morning uh, to everyone listening on the plateau and beyond. Uh, it's a beautiful day, like you've known. It's that time we, we get to talk about some important matters, uh, like we do see every day. Every day, actually, we come here with interesting matters. Our stories are actually interest you on Let's Talk. And, of course, Let's Talk today. We're coming in different, uh, you know, in different, uh, should I say segments this time around? Uh, yeah, in yeah. different segments. Uh, maybe this is a different one from the one you used to know. But, of course, I bet you it will be inter- interactive. It will also be mind-blowing. But you just have to just, uh, you know, keep the dial and make sure you listen. Yeah. The biggest stories, of course, like we did see in the pages of national dailies this morning, have got to do with Obas and Joe, you know, saying that Nigeria has been plunged into what he likens to an irreparable debt. It's a trillion naira. That's the debt profile that the man has, you know, decided to cry wolf over. And I think that's worrisome. That should ordinarily bother everyone, especially a man such as Obasanjo, who stood firmly in 2003 um, to see that our debts were actually wiped off, if I may say, in that sense of the word. And, um, well, the situation is no longer the same. And he has come out to voice his concerns at how his successors managed the country's resources even though many people would yet again put out statements. As a follow-up to this, to say that Obasanjo is not in the right um, place or position to speak about some of these issues. However, as an individual, Richard, I think um, with so much that he has given to the country, he deserves to have a say in every situation, regardless of when, what anyone feels about our polity, about the affairs of governance in this country. And to add more words to these worries... The federal government hasn't stopped shy of saying it will go on to borrow some funds again. And my biggest concern has to be the borrowing rate of Nigeria and the Nigerian government from these institutions, the Bretton Woods institutions. That's what we call (laughs) the IMF um, and the World Bank. That's how the bodies referred to fondly across the globe. I really do not see how would get out of all of this at least for now because even the uh, prices of or the, the the price of oil and the revenue that we generate isn't quite enough mm. to be able to have nigeria afloat as we'd like it economically so this is a big concern this is a big worry for the former president olusegun obasanjo and at the same time in 2003 not to also forget Algeria had its debt, you know, by virtue of the concurrent work that Obasanjo did with their then leader. All of these countries had some debt relief by international bodies and international organizations. And you also have to give it to the man in terms of how he brought on board technocrats to handle the economy of Nigeria. And I think that is um, something that he deserves commendation over regardless of, like I said, what anyone wants to think about this issue. All right, uh, let me come in this way. Uh, Obasanjo, 
well, I won't blame people when they say he doesn't have the right to speak, you know, on certain issues. Uh, uh, but first of all, let me clear the fact that he's a Nigerian first before becoming uh, the head of state, you know, during the military era. And of course, uh, the president during democratic, being the uh, you know, being the first president we had 1999 till date. Uh, you know, before then there were actually elections that took place. But of course, Obasanjo actually was the first to actually have it have an eight-year tenure as a, you know as an uh, as an elected democratic president or democratically elected president. Uh, now for Obasanjo, uh, when you were talking, I actually thought about Festac. You know, the first stack we had back then and what actually prompted to the first stack. Mind you, we had what we call the oil boom. When Nigeria's oil was actually at its peak. The first stack festival? The first stack, yes, the first stack festival. Now, when that, uh, you know, at that very period when Nigeria's oil was actually at the peak, the oil, during the oil boom era, you know, everyone actually were getting their oil and Nigeria was actually selling well. Now, we got so much money in that particular part. Uh, you know, according to your lecturer back then in my university days, he said, he said, uh, Nigeria didn't know what to do with the money anymore and they had to organize a festival of art and culture. Now, that's actually the first act which we had in Lagos. Now, Go, coming down to that very one now, uh, that would have, and a lot of people would have actually tagged that waste of money because he didn't see the future at first. Now, he became the president of Nigeria. I believe Nigeria is a third world country. Nigeria is a third world country, and uh, whether we like it or not, we are still a developing nation. We can't say underdeveloped because every day we grow, you know, every day we see new things, and every day we tend to, uh, you know, right some wrongs. Uh, we, need to, we, need, we actually tend to correct some wrongs. For Obas, Olusegun Obasanjo, uh, coming out to speak about things like this, is coming from the point of an elder statesman now. Now, there is no third world country that will go without borrowing. Japan actually borrowed. Japan, I think, is a more developed nation than Nigeria. But, of course, Japan still borrows. And I think they are the highest nation with more, uh, with more borrowing uh, oh yeah, with more borrowings in recent times. Now, for Japan to borrow, Nigeria borrows alone. But, but, but what baffles a lot of people is that Nigeria has all the resources to keep to sustain itself. But we still depend on borrowing to keep our economy going. Now, we are the largest black nation in the world. Largest I, black. I think it's that, that conversation your 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 um prompting would lead us to the next big story we're talking about and i'll put it this way richard the efcc is mulling the arrest of sadia umar farouk too much borrowing now we have borrowed in time past under the yes. former president muhammad buhari and you look at what went wrong with the national social investment program and you see the number of arrests that this government is attempting to make mind you we had borrowed in time past. How well did we manage the things that we borrowed? And the problem is, is glaringly clear. To the effect that we borrow and then we don't produce, we consume. You see, the social investment program was almost like a charity organization, a charity funding. If you know I how to reach the poorest way. of the poor. Do you get? Yes. Now, did it reach the poorest of the poor? And in what form? You borrowed and dashed people money. Dashed. Is the word that Nigerians love to use a lot. And that was what the Muhammadu Buhari government did. It said it was going to feed um, pupils in schools. How well did they do that? How well were these funds accounted for? In the end, you have this number of arrests coming on board. Perhaps this is an attempt to clear the mess or to even ensure that accountability is put in place. You wouldn't blame Muhammadu Buhari for this. First, because he had a minister. Where I would blame Muhammadu Buhari was, you saw the minister doing all this. You would have sacked. Now, so so he, there was he a problem can, with... You can shy away from the blame. 
see, there was something about Buari. Buari no, heads didn't roll during Buari's time. You can do whatever you would do. He was still not sacked. So he was nonchalant. He was nonchalant about this. But for the minister, Sadia, uh, who actually, uh, I think uh, the NSIP actually had its head, you know, I think the, the director general or something that was actually in charge of that very agency. Sadia actually created that agency, you know, for to be able to. Now, the purpose was a good one. The economy was getting tough. By the way, she by was the, the humanitarian minister. Minister, yeah. yes. The, 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 the economy was getting tougher for everyone at some point. Now, she felt there are people that could not actually meet up the needs if government didn't support them. Now, the, the government were actually extending hands to everyone. I know there are people who benefited from the empower, for the, from the empower and other uh, schemes actually, trader, came, money. Other, trader money and other yes. schemes that came from that very ministry. But the point here is this. Who were the people that got this uh, money from the NSIPA? Are they the legit people? I mean, I mean are they the real people that are supposed to get it or some selected people? How well did the money go into, uh, you know, now, now, now a lot of people will say the poorest of the poor are in the northern part of Nigeria. Well, I beg, I like, I beg to disagree with that because if you go to the River Rhine areas, you will see what, you will see where people live on water, like with wooden or uh, whatever, like living on water, I think, and no, not, not having good shelter is something that would actually, you know, give you more than you think more sickness than you think because you're actually prone to have the diseases anyhow especially when you don't have a means of taking care of yourself and that's one thing i've actually noticed now a lot of people didn't get it from the southern parts of the country but from northern part it was actually gifted very well but now coming efcc coming down to this part it tells you that they are uh, this government are not looking at the fact that that regime was a, was an apc regime no they're not covering the tracks of that past regime president Tinubu is making sure whatever that whatever has gone wrong must be made right in this economy in this present administration Administration. He doesn't want to suffer. It left to him, he wouldn't want to have. He wouldn't want to borrow to even fund the budget. But he doesn't have a choice because from the treasury he met and what he's about to do now, he needs money. And the only way we can do that is through borrowing. So I think uh, for the EFCC uh, coming from the for the ex minister, it's actually a good call. All right, let's look at this story, and it's going to be in light of what the Labour Party's history has been in recent time, and then we would have a conversation fully about that. The Plateau State Labour Party um, held, of course, its World Local Government and State Congresses and has elected Comrade Solomon Ndam as the chairman of the party. Now, the catch, the Congress from Al-Haji, Lamidi, Apapa faction, also elected what it termed a formidable exco of the party, putting to rest a factional or parallel exco that has generated disaffection in the party. Okay, a statement says, the Labour Party on the plateau has put to rest the issues of any supposed faction anywhere by this Congress. Hence, um, they reiterated that all lovers of democracy in the state join hands with them to move the state forward because only through this can they dislodge the current um, all right, government or whatever it is they want to talk about. But the biggest um, thing for me is the history of that party. You had a certain Grizam Farah who was chairman of that party. And, of course, you also had um, Lamidi Apapa and all that he did to Peter Obi and, of course, Julius Abure, who is mm. the party chairman. You remember all of that? Yeah, history? of course. Yeah, so um, I, I really don't know what you make of the future and what it holds for the Labour Party, especially in light of 2027. Politicians are already trying to, you know, beaker and angle for positions and all that. We saw on the Punch newspaper this morning, Atiku Abubakar mulling to, you know, <laughs> campaign uh, again and run for president in 2027. <laughs> so uh, this conversation is never ending. And Peter Obi has said he's poised to, you know, position in the Labour Party 
to become the leading opposition voice. Uh, do you see them having the ability to be able to do all of this together? You know, when the APC was formed from the three political parties, that's, uh, you know, the ACN, the CPC, and... Uh, the merger. Yeah, and when they had these three uh, political parties yeah, merging the together, merger, yeah. the merger down, we didn't hear of all this. We just saw them come. They, they only springed up. They had their closed up business and springed up. I think this is what the PDP, the Labour Party, and whoever we join them should do. You know, let's not hear about this. Go in and do it until it's permanent. Make it known to the people. But for now, anything they are doing, they are only strengthening the APC. The APC have the whole resources now to bring wherever they want to bring to join them also. And this is how before you know we come to a two-party system in Nigeria. That's where we are going to at this point. Now, for Atiku Abubakar, I think politics is now becoming more of, in, more of a personal interest than the interest of Nigerians. So, because I see no reason why you've contested for one many times and still you didn't win and you still feel there is hope. Yeah, there is hope at the end of the tunnel. President Buhari at the end of the day became the president, but it, it won't work for everybody that way. Peter Obi on the other side still have that interest Don't also. Don't you think there's a lesson to learn that you don't give up in anything you're doing at some point you set to achieve at some point you need to give up you know why because nigerians won't trust you if we go there now buhari tried 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 he went there what was the result eight years what can you write on president Muhammadu buhari's regime what are you like what will you say happened that you would never forget and it was a positive one that's the question we're talking that's because i'm asking and that's the point now now for article abubakar nigerians have actually learned from buhari not uh, you know not learning from buhari's lesson of later becoming a winner mm -mm. nigerians have learned from president buhari that people who are keen on getting a certain position actually might want might at the end of the day destroy that very seat and of course destroy many lives at the end of the day like the the number of killings increased and everything was so bad how sure are we that when article good they will not want to you know you know you, you know recover his resources first because that's one thing we want to ask ourselves I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I get it. Yeah, you understand. How sure are we? How sure are we? That, those are some of the questions we ask ourselves, ask ourselves. How sure are we that this whole thing is for the interest of every Nigerian? How sure are we that Nigeria is first before any other thing? For this, uh, you know, for, for, for this set of people, they will come in the name of Nigerians for you. But at the end of the day, it is their personal interest they look out for. So I feel we are already beyond this. We are bigger than this at this point. Whoever wants something should know how to coordinate. You must not be at, you must not be at the end of affair. But of course, there, there are ways you will coordinate things and put someone there to do it right for you. It mustn't be you all the time. All right. Politics will remain politics. Absolutely. Now, following the suspension of accreditation and evaluation of degree certificates from Benin Republic and Togo, the federal government has said sanction would be extended to more countries like Uganda, Kenya, and Niger Republic. We absolutely spoke about this um, investigation by Umar Audu. He is the journalist, you know, who works with um, um, the, the, the newspaper, the Nigerian newspaper. Um, what's the name again? I'm trying to recall that. But Jafar Jafar is the leading figure in that particular um, newspaper outfit. And like I said, he's responsible for the investigation of um, the former Kano state governor, Abdullahi Umar Ganduje, who is now APC chairman. And of course, his dollar scandal where he was caught on camera um, stuffing dollars in his Babariga. So um, it's, of course, the same outlet the, the same outlet that has carried out this investigation on how various foreign universities around Nigeria you know issue degree certificates and how students go there to graduate because in the end um, what he found was that he was awarded his degree certificate in six months and then he came back also enrolled into the NYS the National Youth Service course scheme in Nigeria. Well I would like for us to look at this quickly before we open the phone lines and here is my take.
or Richard. <clears throat> we have a knack for anything foreign. And I would also give you a short story about my experience in the NYSE camp and how someone, an official of the scheme, NYSE, you know, tried to just identify those who graduated from foreign universities and those who graduated from Nigerian universities. And this is what he said. Special treatment. Not special treatment okay. in any way. It was harsh. He said, it's not easy to pass jam. You know what that means? Yes. It's not easy to enroll into universities in Nigeria, um, in Nigeria here. And I think I've had to hold conversations with a series of people I know that graduated from Benin Republic, from, you know, Togo, from Ghana. I have a childhood friend who schooled in Ghana. We held these conversations on and on. He said what they do is a compressed sort of study scheme mm-hmm. that you could refuse to not go on break mm-hmm. or on holiday and then just try to cover up the grounds that you need to cover in you know the shortest pos- possible time and the biggest worry for me was i said look when they award you degree results or whatever certificate in most nigerian institutions they say your first your first been found worthy in, in character, character and, and learning learning now, in six months, how well can you assess or even form a graduate tested fully in character and first off, or secondly, in academic? So let's say, let's assume that it was a compressive uh, program for uh, this journalist. Uh, in six months, how would you have gotten a degree? So it means you didn't sleep for the past six months at all or what? I don't really understand. I'm trying to get that, uh, you know, in line with my thoughts now. But I think if I'm to see anything right now, uh, what I'm going to say is... Uh, Every Nigerian, like I said, is an opportunist. We are all corrupt individuals. Is that's just the truth? That's why they say change begins with every one of us. That statement is not just a mere statement. You and I know uh, that today, if opportunity is given, a lot of a lot of people will do worse than the government. Now, for a journalist who actually went on to investigate the former, uh, you know, Kano State Governor. Uh, Umar Ganduje and that Gandola issue now, he exposed the man and everything, he was being praised, you know he was actually given the praises he deserved and all of a sudden now, is now the one now at the, at, the, at the tight corner, do you think do you think, considering the fact that Umar Ganduje right now is the APC national chairman, do you think that will be funny at this very point now well, for this very person? you can't gag the media and I think that the biggest, of course. the biggest and most challenging undertaking is to take on journalists who yes. do their jobs legitimately. Yes, I remember what happened, you know, in the era of Yaradua to the likes of Sore and a leading national television the, um, that was shut down. And of course, Sore, there was so much pressure because, I mean, he was a consistent thorn in the flesh of the then president because certain things he did, if I were in the president's shoes as well, I'm not sure I would have taken them. But in the end, the president was accommodating. And he listened to the voices of reason, both in Nigeria and outside, in order to allow, you know, for those guys to do their jobs legitimately. Agreed? Because, of course, the job of journalism or the job of journalists is not even to pet anybody. At all. It's not even to be friends with anybody. Yes. So I think that um, it will be foolhardy for anybody to take or clamp down on journalists and the jobs that they do. Richard, I think we've got to open the phone lines to um, allow our listeners have their share right. their say on the show this morning. Zero eight one two one eight seven 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 or zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine are the phone numbers to call to have your say on the stories that you have helped heard us speak about and all other stories that have caught your attention today. 
reach at social media? Yeah, for social media, you can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at JFM Joss. Uh, on Facebook, especially at JFM Live. Yes, JFM Live on Facebook. While uh, on YouTube, it is at, J, uh, at JTV Joss. Yes, these are social media handles. Do well to reach us and let's talk, uh, you know, on Let's Talk. Yeah, first call. Hello, good morning. Hello. All right. Hello. Good morning. Oh, that was, was that was also was a miss. Zero eight one two one eight seven 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 or zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine are the phone numbers. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Good night. Good morning. Your name, please, and where you're calling from. Go ahead, please. So um, yes. you had an invitation. Um, that reminds me, you had an invitation from the commissioner yesterday. Have you been able to yes, honor it? Nice. Oh, good, oh, good. Nice. That's good. nice. Good, great I'm to hear. To the commissioner. That's, yes, I'm sorry, I'm to the commissioner to, uh, to meet him. Good, uh, great uh, to yes. hear. Thank you. Go ahead, please, with yes. your thoughts. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, you see, on the issue of um, politics in Nigeria, um, we talked about um, the issues you want to make Nigeria a two-party uh, nation, but then. From my own view, my own perspective, from what and from what I've been seeing, I think the ACDC want to make Nigeria a one-party nation, a one-party state, and it's actually going to be um, very almost impossible. Because when I say almost impossible, I do not want to the the situation where it becomes possible because anything is almost literally impossible in Nigeria. But again, look at the dangers of it. If you are still practicing democracy in Nigeria, then every other political party should have a seat. It is not that um, the winner takes it or the winner takes it or it's not even that. Democracy is no longer the choice of the people. Democracy is about the people, it's for the people, and the people decide what happens in the democratic government or democratic setting. So look, now look at the fear. The problem now is not even that the APC wants to make Nigeria a one-party state. But the fear is that we don't have a credible opposition in Nigeria since 2015. I have a reason for saying this. When Jonathan was at the age of contacting the submission in 2015, the likes of Lai Mohammed, the likes of Edifice, the likes of Anichi, all of those came from different regions. Lai Mohammed comes from the southwest Nigeria. Anichi came from uh, came from the south south Nigeria. And Edifice came from the north northwest Nigeria. These people came together and formed a common front. And then they challenged the government of Jonathan, the government of the PDP, and actually won Nigeria. And then look at the lapses, the little, little lapses they can be in point. In the government, the failures of the government of Jonathan and of the PDP, they presented it to Nigerians and made it look very, very, very real. Even I was even convinced, you know, at, this, at, the, at that spokesman, the Lai Mohammed, Lai Mohammed of this one, and even the other side. All right. Now look at it now. Nigerians were convinced not to continue with the PDP on the grounds of corruption, on the grounds of insecurity, on the grounds of people not being able to account to the, uh, 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 to the nation. If you look at the allegation of $50 billion coming from the CDN, could you summarize your thoughts, please, Chukudi?
Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Chibere. Yeah, Richard, please go ahead. We're out of almost, almost uh, out of all right, know, time all right. on this segment of the show. Take us through social media if you can. All right. On social media, I think, uh, you know, just uh, just a good number of comments there. And uh, from what we can see here, yeah, I think, okay, sorry. Let's just go. It says, good mo- from Julius Achiga, good morning, Gilbert, Joseph, Richard Badung, and Plato people. The present administration is not understanding anything concerned that because it doesn't have vision for this country. Uh, the president, President Sinumbu has continued to borrow money without channeling the money to infrastructure and industrialization, which can generate income to the country. Uh, Felkuka Factors go on said the debt is really getting out of hands and they will only be diverting the monies for their personal use. Let the EFCC clamp down on the last administration of Wari. Love GFM. Thank you. Then Poop. Dr. Doon said, uh, good morning, Jay family. Actually, this is so pathetic. It is, uncalled for his, to see, it is uncalled for to see a country claiming to be the giant of Africa in this mess. <clears throat> the masses are suffering while those who call themselves leaders are inciting these on us. May God help us in this country. While Omodan Matthew, morning, we must understand that democracy has been redefined by the APC ruling government through the judicial miscarriages of justice. While Ashi, Aston Ainga said, Good morning, let's talk crew. I on, I stand to be corrected. Nigeria as a country lacks leaders f- with foresight. How can a country with almost zero debt profile from 2005 now in 2023 with 88 trillion naira as a debt profile and nothing significant to show from all this money's borrowed? Hashtag Niger in a pity situation. All right, let's go back to the phones. Hello, good morning. Oh, oh. Hey, that was a miss. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Yes, please. Your name and where you're calling from? My brother, this is uh, Jude from Joshua. Go ahead, Mr. Jude. No need for me to waste time because other are waiting. Yeah. What I have to say this morning is that we made a very big mistake by accepting APC in this country. And the truth of the matter is that the earlier, the better we do away with them. Let me tell you something, give us and... Uh, my brother in the studio. Mm. We are just making noise, disturbing ourselves. We can never see anything good in it. Okay, now, they are talking about fuel. Let me tell you, in any moment from now, they will increase that fuel. That's the way they normally do. <laughs> when they just push a bit, people relax, they will implement it. Let me tell you, I'm not a prophet of the, you know, in two first segment in the morning. That's the way they, 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 they normally do. So we have to, the earlier we send this thing to Pakistan, from the politics of Nigeria, earlier for Nigeria. God bless you, my brother. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank you so much. Let's see if we can take one more caller, Richard, before we call yeah. it a wrap from Hello, this good morning. Hello, good morning. 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 Those universities, they are not fake. The problem is that they have a cartel that has gone into this, and even some Nigerians will be involved. So what I'm trying to say here is that the students who generally went there to study and did their four-year program or three years, depending on how they got in, you know, they should not be penalized or victimized. That's it. And you know, Nigerian committee, you know, after they set up another committee to investigate the committee, then uh, they along, along the line, well, if uh, important people are uh, involved, you hear off the mic. So that's it. <laughs> so then when you, another thing is that this policy they're talking about, the government is not sincere to us. As I see you now, Gilbert, 
well is being subsidized partially. It hasn't gone. They don't, they're not ready to tell us the truth. And the protocol the that they're making noise about is the smallest. Hmm. And as I talk to you now, it's not ready. They only finished with the mechanical aspect. They said they have to do other things. But because they wanted to beat their deadline, they gave us the impression to not start producing any fuel until the next three months. Hmm. Take what I'm telling you the bank. Dangote is export-oriented. The only advantage is that they, it will give room for a lot of employment because uh, of the by the, because of the byproducts. But I doubt very much if it will reduce the price of fuel. The problem is the government should fix all our refineries, but they are not ready to do that. Right. We are in trouble. All I know is that we just have to make the best of the bad situation. It's really unfortunate. Thank you. 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 Yeah. So um, the, the the thing is the thing is. If petroleum price would, you know, um, go up high, the, the suspected price or the speculated price would be 1,200 naira. And you just know too well that once petrol price skyrockets, every other thing, including goods, services, food items. Except salary. You know, <laughs> Yeah, except no, no, it's true. Except the pays of the workers, the the, the 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 pay of the workers will surely not rise, Gilbert. You and I know transportation will increase the food, like just like you've said, because we transport these things via road. You understand? And most people use, uh, you know, these products, these uh, crude oil products now for their businesses. Now, let me ask you a question, Gilbert. How do, if we say it's a rumor, how do you know it to be one thousand two hundred dollars? <laughs> No, no, no. See, we are not ghosts in this country. We are not spirits. You know, 1,200. How did we know it to get to that point? Now, you didn't even speculate 800 or 900. You said 1,200. It means there must have been an information somewhere. That, like I said this morning on newspaper Review, there is no smoke without fire. You know, so there is no rumor that does come to bear if there is nothing, you know, being backed up. Uh, something must have backed up the rumor. So I tell you for free that uh, this is the plan. They are only testing the waters and see what Nigeria, how the reactions of Nigerians, they might still, I'm not really sure, they might still implement it. But if at all they implement it, I bet you there's something they are just calling for. This is no more a nationwide protest. But they'll get to see it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> well done, dear listener. We thank you for listening and calling into the show. But this is where we have to call it, you know, a wrap for this segment of Let's Talk this morning. Shortly, we'll return to you in a jiffy. All right, welcome back um, to the program. This is um, the Voices of Peace brought to you by International Alert. And International Alert is an organization that believes that peace and um, um, harmonious coexistence can be achieved by individuals, groups, and societies to put an end to conflict and ensure the well-being of society. My name is Gilbert Joseph, and Richard is right here. Good morning once again, Richard. Good morning, Gilbert. Once again, good morning, the great people of Joss. Yeah, well, um, the topic on the show this morning will be the role of the media in changing the negative narratives to foster sustainable peace. And once again, the topic for discussion is the role of the media in changing the negative narratives to foster sustainable peace in society, if you may. That is the topic. Well, Richard, um, let's look at the role of the mass media as journalists, as media practitioners. 
as organizations, we are saddled so much with a lot of responsibility. And one of those is to serve first and foremost as the conscience of society and to serve as a driving force towards peace, prosperity, and stability in society as well. And um, International Alert Nigeria, International Alert has done quite a remarkable job over time by virtue of bringing these issues, these burning topics of discussion to ensure, you know, that that is sustained consistently. I'd like for us to look at, in clear times, the role of the mass media. I think it encompasses all of the strata of the media that we have in society. And first off, um, let me have your views on this. Let me just have your views on this. You know, being the watchdog of the society actually means uh, you don't you don't you don't actually play to the rules of anybody you understand though media it's a media is a business people actually are working in that very place and they must get paid you understand in as much as they must get paid doesn't mean you try to rub them off first you know of whatever they are doing because you feel you are in power of authority or you're in yeah you're in high places of authority at the end of the day you want to use such power and influence or because you have money you want to influence that now the media actually shouldn't be uh i think the media has been used uh quite for 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 for, for quite a number of uh you know misled information you know, when we talk about the media, we mean both with the mass media, you know, uh, you know, not to forget it's about the terrestrial television, you know, the, the, the social media, the radio, the newspaper, every one of them. Now, there are facts you will come out and see people debunking news, debunking rumors, debunking this. Now, why are we debunking? The process, the, why we are debunking is because probably there are no facts or what, they, what anyone must have said is not true. Right. What they almost have said is not true at this part at some point. I was listening this morning to a to, to the news and I heard that uh you know the, the STF actually, you know, the STF, you know, was actually debunking the rumors that uh the STF sector command sector five commander, I think uh in Bokos local government was arrested, that it's not true. Now these are parts of the these are parts of the news which people will see and they will think and even go to the extent of arguing some even go to the extreme of killing each other because of what misinformation i don't know if you understand yeah. if informations that are not true information that are not supposed to be the media itself actually should have been uh, you know a way to sustain peace in the economy but the way nigeria is going now like the way nigeria is going now the media actually uh, did not really lost like they've not lost it just that some few media practitioners actually are bent on making money now because they feel uh the job don't really have much money like that not looking out on how to make business you know great positively and also touch the lives of people at the same time if a lot of us actually want to go into or venture into that i think we'll surely be giving misinformation to the people and we'll be seeing crisis all over every time every and then now being the watchdog means you should not bend to the government neither should you bend to the people you are not for the people you are not for the government i don't even understand yeah. you, you you are not for the both sides you are both you, you you are for everybody now what i'm saying is you should you shouldn't take side at all that's why they call it balancing reportage you know you, you in whatever report you are giving you hear from the both sides and you come and put it down together so from now people hear stories from just one side and pick it up you don't hear what the other person has said because you want to be the first to break the news because you want to now the media has actually uh, done a whole lot of good let's not forget that very rule aside from the ones we've actually seen as bad they've done a lot of good in fostering peace mind you so, so someone told me which, I, which i'm not really sure he said how true are we that these figures that the media post uh you know on their pages of newspaper or see on television or radio are true you know they will tell you most of them are, they've increased but you don't get to hear those increments and most people avoid the media 
Why? Because they don't want to be exposed. The point, the point is, and well, let's not even go into the ethical standards and all of that, but um, basically, I, I would like to just go a bit theoretical this morning and be able to speak on the role of the mass media. Mm. And one of those is, um, there are three theories I would like to post this morning um, to our listener as well as to us all who are in this line of duty. The media effect theory by Albert Bandura, um, which basically means that the media is capable of implanting ideas or ideologies on people's minds in society. For instance, by virtue of the job that we do, people listen, people take notes, and people get messages. So the onus lies on us to be able to shape the narrative for a peaceful coexistence and harmonious understanding in relationship with regards to the way that um, our society operates. And the second one, um, which has been debated over time, is the magic bullet theory. Mm. Um, it stems from the assassination of John Fitzgerald Kennedy, the former president of the United States of America. Um, you remember he was assassinated in 1963. Yes. Yeah. So the bullet which pierced him through the neck went again through the neck and, of course, injured the governor of, I think it was the governor of Texas, yes, John Connolly. That was what happened. So it was then that the magic bullet theory emerged because there was a committee to investigate that, and they said, look, this bullet mustn't be an ordinary bullet. And people have likened the role of the mass media to that sort of, you know, um, bullet that pierces through you. In other words, once you hear something on the mass media, it has an effect. It takes its soul on you. And you're able to say that, look, I have this information firsthand. I have this. So basically, as journalists, as media practitioners, whatever it is, there's a power that we, we have. There's a power that we have in terms of shaping the narrative, in terms of ensuring that people don't fall victim of crisis and dousing detention and all of that as it relates to the affairs of society. Of course, without a society, we can't even practice. Without a society, there wouldn't be any sort of economic, you know, prosperity for the well-being of citizens. And, of course, people, mostly women and children, the debate has been that they are, I say it's the debate because there are certain people who say they are not just the ones affected largely by crisis or by conflicts in different, you know, areas as they break out. So, it's our job. It's the job of the mass media, of course, to promote this through agents who work with the media, such as NGOs, non-governmental organizations, that is, and all non-profit organizations, as they are called in other um, climes in society. So um, that is that. And um, this is the last edition of the show by International Alert, at least for now. I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't rest on their oars in bringing, you know, what it should be and how society should operate um, to our listener, to everyone connected to society. Richard, yeah. before we open the phone lines. Yeah, I, I think uh, we surely, uh, this is kudos to know, you know, th those who brought this uh, to us uh, directly. But, you know, I, I, I always ask a question, how are narratives around peace and conflict constructed, especially in radio? Now, this, uh, this actually is one of the major, uh, you know, thing one we, which we need to talk about now uh, we actually examine how perceptions of building are constructed and aired in radiophonic debates that's one of the major issues and it deals with methodological questions and carries out an interpret interpretative analysis of uh, you know uh, yes uh, you know, taking of narratives in media talk if I as a person now want to tell you a story and I can't construct my sentence very well you know for you to understand 
I think I've not passed information or I've misled you. It's just the truth. If I've not passed that information, I've misled you. Uh, that is not what the media is meant for. The media is meant for, you know, you coming to do the needful and at the same time giving the people the right information. The, the value, the value we, we actually put out as media people is passing out information. What In whatever you do, whether you crack joke on air, whether you do whatever, you, you need to pass information. Even if you are condemning, you pass information with facts. Right, that is how we can change the, 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 the negative narratives. You know, the more we keep going through, uh, you know, uh, going forth or going against the, I mean, the good things, we begin to see a lot of problems. Now, a lot of people don't like some certain media houses because they feel the media houses are against their political party, are against this. But don't forget, one day you'll be at the other side of, or you'll be at the other side of the coin. You, you will not be there every day. You'll be there at the other side of the coin. What happens at that particular point? So the life is not really permanent for anyone. Any life you're having now is just for the meantime. Of course, no matter how long it lasts, it's for the meantime. You're not, the, the life is not for everyone. So the media itself needs to understand the fact that there are things you don't welcome. Things that are not good. If it is wrong, it is wrong. If it is right, it is right. There is no better way to paint it. That is why you are here to protect. The same way the government has to protect life and properties of the people, you are also doing the same job. That's why it's called the fourth uh, state of the realm, right? Or the fourth realm of the estate. I think I'm missing that very well at this point. But I think uh, 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 we're actually getting it uh, stronger every day by day when we do the right things. Not for the money, not but for the people. I think it's in the media they will tell you good names rather than riches and it is true. All right. It is true. <laughs> Richard prefers good name. Perhaps, <laughs> no. more than zero eight one two one eight seven 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 or zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine. Those are the phone numbers. Let's expand the conversation so you could also have your say through the other mic side of the mic. Hello, good morning. Uh, good morning. Yes, good morning. Once again, this is Joseph from Joshua. We can hear you, Jesus. Uh My brother, you. You are doing a very, very good job. Thank you. Uh, we have to commend you. And uh, the truth of the matter is that, you know, there's media houses that uh, people have to rely on, actually believe on, like GSM. Let me tell you something. You know, there was a time that uh, because of the way uh, GSM enlightened people, the then administration of Lalonde, and uh, then uh, former information minister, Lai Mohamed, they conspired to ban GSM by that time because of the way they enlightened people. Let me tell you too. Without GSM, people on plus like this, that left. That's the truth of the matter. Mm. That's why we normally commend you people in the beautiful and wonderful work that you're doing to Platinians. Keep it up. And we must deal with you, no matter what, by the grace of God. Yes, and we excel on Plato and Nigeria to like God to this month. Thank you. Amen. Bless Thank you. you too. Thank you. All right. Zero eight one two one eight seven 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 or zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine. The phone lines are up and running. I remember all right. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Morning. All right, go ahead, please. Yes, quickly, uh, I'm going to be very, very brief on this issue. You see, um, in the same democratic uh, government, like I mentioned before, um, has the politician respected the media houses? 
enough from your own perspective, please. I want you to enlighten the public. Why I ask this question is this. In 2018, precisely, Abba was, you know, in Kesin Kameka for a couple of months, you know, because of the report we gave from the Kosovo State and the Kosovo State government, you know, under a democratic government. And also, in that same 2018, before the 2018 election, a particular media house was demolished in Lagos State. I think you guys are in the media, you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. I cannot really see the debate because what I see understand that I still have that particular record on ground. Now, like this, that I just said, JFM was banned for close to for close to 80 something days. I was feeling it 80 something days before they were allowed to go. The investigation has it actually um, I, I come out to say that JFM has actually had, have actually you know, has gone out of the uh, out, uh, out of um, the recent regulation given by Nigerian Broadcasting and uh, Corporation. Now, if you put all these things together, you understand that even in the democratic government of, of ours, like in Nigeria, the, 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 the leaders, the, the, the political leaders have not given the media an opportunity to carry out their functions as expected. Like you can see in the United States of America, in, uh, in Russia, and so many other places here, people actually report what they see. They, 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 have, no, they have no apologies. They have no, they have no single apologies and didn't really post, you know, giving reportage, no matter whoever it is. Whether it is from the presidency, whether it's from the government, whether it's from whichever it is. Now, but if in, in this country, Nigeria, I want to really ask, I want to understand, from your own view as a, as a media people, have the government, have the, have the politicians actually respected your own profession and not like saying, okay, we have actually meeting up to the World International uh, 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 Acceptance or uh, what, All right. whatever it may be. All right, thank okay. you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hello, good morning. We'll talk about that, Richard. Of Hello, good morning. I think that was a miss. Oh, oh, all, right. all right. Hello, good morning. All right. What's going on? Hello, good Hello, morning, Aida. Oh, looks like it was dropped again. Richard, um, have politicians, have the ruling class or the elites respected journalists and media um, personalities enough? That's the question. In the, summary, the that's answer what is he no. said. But let's pick one more call before we come back and talk about this. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Morning. Good morning to you. Yeah, thank you very much. My mm. name is Sadiq Kumar. I'm calling from Chicha and Chijongsha. Go ahead, Sadiq. Yes, um, actually, you have spoken very, very well. And when we look at the role of media in Nigeria, it's something that is very, very important. But you see, most of the news or most of the broadcasting that we are getting from, from media, you see that it, it, it is not, uh, let's say, tangible. Or you will see that the media will bring a different news, and, and another media will see that the news is different. And one thing with the news is that you see that in this social media, you see that every blogger now has become a media practitioner. You see that you just start the news and just send it out. But you see, kudos with some media houses like JFM uh, and other radio stations that are trying their best. They are giving the best to, to the people. And one thing with information is very, very rich. No matter what happens, if a person listens to it and hears it, in the radio or in the media house or in the television, you see that we take it very, very important. So we are calling on the government, that is the broadcaster commission, so that they should regularize this issue of uh, media and they should regularize this issue of fake news. And some news, they are just not supposed to be uh, even broadcasted. 
So with a lot of regulation into the media organization in Nigeria. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for talking Thank to us. Thank you. This is the last call on the show. Uh, perhaps, perhaps. Wow. Hello, good morning. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Morning, sir. Your name, please, and where you're calling from? Good morning. Uh, the issue is that uh, upon the pressures of the government, GSM and other national TVs are moving on. Really, it's not easy in Nigeria to be a good media to intimidate you. Thank God for a media like GSM. The issue is that election, where some institutions are not allowed to occur, like the judiciary and the rule of law, you know, one of the most important instruments of good governance is the media. They direct the government. But where a government does not direct the eye, opinion of media, where do you come from here? Hmm. Look at some of one of the, the journalists, Abajalingo, look at AIT, look at all of them being demolished, being fined, five million, this and that, he So this is that we should have the democratic function. It is being meant for so that. We can get the dividend. You see, no dividend correct. You will not go right. Don't live in Nigeria where every reward system is higher and higher and higher. If you don't correct them, they'll be messing up. Media is the rock of every good governor. Mm. So I have a nice day. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, so, you much. so much, Comrade Bernard. I think that was right. straight and brief. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, Respect for journalists. Have the institutions respected journalists as the fourth estate of the realm to yeah, say I, enough? It's a big no for me. I don't know, but it's a big no. Why am I saying this? Is because uh, in as much as uh, you know, we have the freedom, you know, to actually speak. You know, there's freedom of uh, or there's rights to speak. Uh, the fact remains one: every politician today is accountable. If you are in a political office today. Uh, you are accountable to the people. And the only way you could actually, uh, you know, bring out those accountability uh, or actually stretch to the people, tell the people what you've done so far in the period of time you're in office is through the media. You can't, there is, even if you issue a statement, that is, a, that, that is true media because it's passing through a media, right? Now, if you can't come to the media or if you can't talk to the people, it means you are not, you, you are telling the people you are not accountable to them. Be you an appointee, be you, uh, be you an elected official, you are actually one person who is accountable to the people and the masses at the same time. Now, if you cannot give out those accountability to them, and what, like one thing is, the reason why the media has actually, uh, you know, become this way is like, is that some, some I'm, I, I will say this, some media practitioners have actually, you know, uh, you know, develop the habit of trying to visit these people one-on-one, -on -one, having to become friends with them. At the end of the day, you try to protect their interests because you get one or two favor from them. That is not, that is not part of the job. It is not part of the ethics of the job. All right. Um, that is um, what professionalism shouldn't be. That is what professionalism shouldn't be. But um, I'd like to say that in the end, when there is nobody on the other side of the mic listening to you, you aren't really doing anything. And that, is, that, that became perhaps the albatross of the magic bullet theory because you can't say that whatever I say, someone at the other end of it shouldn't be able to, access, to assess holistically what I'm saying. Mm. And that is when communication takes place, takes place. Feedback mechanisms. These are all the, you know, the inputs that contributed to the crippling down of the magic bullet theory by Joseph Clapper. Yes, he was the propounder of that theory. 
And um, I think that moving forward, again, media individuals have to do a cross-examination of what their role is and in terms of, you know, being watchdogs rather than being lapdogs. You get a difference there because the politicians would always want for you to be a lapdog. That is someone they can pet, someone they can have at their beg and call. But for a watchdog, it always backs. And that's what the media has got to do consistently to ensure that society functions as it should be able to function. Because, of course, people, by virtue of their interests politically or even financially, do uncanny things, do things that shouldn't be heard of in any way, just to be able to make ends meet, to be able to acquire wealth or power or positions of authority, as the case may be. And that is not what the mass media should always mm. be able to accommodate or tolerate or allow to even you know, take shape consistently. Because if an individual, for example, has no conscience, with a dead conscience, it means that nothing gets to function or nothing gets to be done in a civil manner that allows for civilization. I think um, that's, that's pretty clear. Because at the end of the day, when you have killings here and there, when you have the events that have preoccupied some parts of Plateau State, it means that we're taking civilization perhaps 30 steps backwards. 30 years backwards. Or even more, mm -hmm. do you get? So um, that is not what it should be. And when you speak about these things, when you hold conversations, people tell you it's about um, resources underneath the earth. It's about land grabbing. Because in the end, when someone grabs your land, he grabs the resources under it, of course. isn't it? So um, that's responsible for the killings we're having. And the emphasis is, look, whatever be the case, speak out. Speak to the necessary authorities. And that is the only way that human beings operate. And that is the only way that human beings can get to have solutions on the table for whatever problem that bedevils them. Richard, yeah. quickly before we leave. I think the day Nigeria will, uh, the day I will say Nigeria has actually got into that point is the day the government, the media, and every other person in authority, you know, will walk in hand. They will actually walk in tandem and without, uh, you know, compromising anything, without compromise. And if the media actually, uh, you know, if the media criticizes anyone, it is for the person to be better, not because they want to criticize you because you are doing bad. No. Because we want you to uh, take an adjustment and not because you are a bad person. No. If you can take that adjustment, definitely we'll have a better society. But if you can't take the adjustment, it means you, all you're telling us is uh, that we should go to hell, uh, whatever we are, whatever you're doing. Of course, we have our our codes of conduct and there are certain things we can't do or say and that's why the nbc is there that's why the nbc is there to actually direct us on what to say or what to do they are we actually have rules that we follow we can't become slaves to politicians we shouldn't be slaves to politicians they should rather look for us beg us because this is it when you become slave to politicians you only get penny but whenever they meet with their girlfriends elsewhere or they meet with other people who are adding no value to their job you are you are, you 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 you'd rather see them do better that is very wrong okay so i think it's that time we advance it's 2024 let's make it bigger for ourselves let's make it a better year and of course let's add value to the job more all right all right that's how far we can take there listener thank you for being on the other end and for helping us to expand these conversations in terms of making society work for all of us my name is gilbert joseph and i have done this with richard Badun. the news comes your way top of the hour 10 o'clock bye now Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.